So what happened back in uh, 2008 was that I became really vocal along with my wife and many other millions, millions of Venezuelans against the imposed socialism of Chavez in Venezuela. We decided we need to go take the street, take to the streets, fight for our country. Well, they had all the guns. We had all the desire, but rocks in our hands. And that was it. No, no, nowhere else to defend, defend against uh, the National Guard, for example. It's fully um, in, 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 in protective gear and shotguns and AK-47s pointing at you. There's only so much you can do with that. At one point, things got so difficult for the government, realizing that millions of us were against the government, that they said, okay, we're going to arm a group of citizens, very radical citizens, just like what we, we heard here from Brazil. We're going to arm, arm them and shield them from all the illegal activity we're going to ask them to do, which was go against Venezuelan citizens. Chavez at one point, and this is because, again, the government, the way tyranny works is it's the it is the it is the few trying to rule the many, and so th for for tyranny to work, you need compliance from enough people. So again, so this is why that you need an underbelly of criminals yeah. because what you do is you empower those criminals to to become legal thugs. That's right. That's right. And, and this and is they're it, fully immune immune to the law. Which is why people say, well, why are they letting these criminals get away with everything here in the U.S.? Why are they letting people get away with killing people and, and, and do burning down buildings and they're not pro and letting them out? Why are they doing that? People can't see. Go ahead they're, with your story. Yeah. So it, make sense eventually what the government said is we need to get rid of all of them. That's where the influx of political prisoners and political refugees uh, started to come to the United States and to other parts of the world, not just the, not just the United States. Let's be fair about that. Uh, what happened to me was that I was a, a worker for the United States Embassy in Caracas, right? I was a nobody there. I was just a, a junior accountant for all in, intents and purposes. But what the president, former president said was every American, every citizen that had re a relationship or was associated in any way, shape, or form with Americans was to be digging a traitor to the country. Therefore, anything could happen to them, right? Not legally, but anything could happen to them. So what happened was that the armed... This guerrilla force that the the president uh, put together went after us. And this is something like t you this see this similar to an today's Antifa. Absolutely, absolutely, like Antifa, same thing. Uh, and and whenever we you try to go to the police or to the justice system to try to uh, ask for help, they would turn turn it against you. Right, you you would not have to get any relief from the justice system on that because they were all in bed with the government. And so what happened was that at one point we were all kidnapped. Uh, we were taking taken to this secluded remote location. We were all before that didn't something happen to you were driving your car. Yeah. So I le so what what happened? If you want to go into the details, is that I left the embassy. I was home, going home. Uh, we knew that tensions were really high because uh, just the prior week one of our colleagues was murdered. Uh, and cold blood by these Antifa group. Weren't they telling your name on live television as yeah, well? Yeah, so all the traitors' yes, names yes. on TV. So, so everybody knew that you were a traitor. Everyone that was associated with the American embassy was their name was uh, put public. Just the public. embassy. Well, no. So it, it started with uh, oil workers, and then it moved oil, down oil workers to for the United from, States. Yeah, that were yes working with the United States. And so political enemies, political enemies, yeah. correct. And then it became public that okay, everyone that's working for the United States, these are their names. And this was done on a national broadcast by the president, calling out everyone's that's, name. That's incredible. Everyone's name, 
and you're a traitor and you're this and you're that and, and you're no longer a Venezuelan. We do not recognize your citizenship. Things like that that were said. So Domestic terrorists. Incorrect. Domestic terrorists. Extremists. Just because we wanted, for example, to have a president elected only every four years. Chavez changed that, that rule where he was, I'll be the president for the rest of the time I'm alive time. until someone beats me. If nobody beats me, I continue to be the president. Yeah, we didn't want that. So they call us extremists for going against the government. So what yeah, happened? With their, with their Dominion voting machines. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The same ones that are being used in mm. Brazil mm. and they, in the United States. Yeah. And so um, what so, happened? So they killed, me, one of the, they killed one of your guys that you were working with? Yes. They it was found one him of the and just killed him. Yeah, so he was taken. The, the modus operandi was that they were taken uh, uh, as... Um, they were kidnapped, sorry, and then... Eventually torture and then kill. And you knew and they about would just that going to work when you went in. Yeah, everyone work, you, knew about you it. You knew that he that they. Everyone knew about that. Were people scared for their well, lives? Of course. Right Some people quit uh, their jobs. Some of us thought, like me, thought naively, "No, nah, it's not going to happen to me." I mean, I'm a nobody. I don't. I don't have anything. But, right? And this guy but, was this guy was higher up in the no, in the structure? no, no, not at all, not at all. Just wow. another clerk like I was. Nobody. But the thing was that our names were publicized, yeah. right? And when the president says. These are the people that, were, that are actually um, causing harm to our political process. They have a loud uh, voice, right, and deep pockets. And so they went after us. They killed um, one of our coworkers. And then eventually I left uh, work just a normal day, um, driving back home. And then four guys on motorcycles wearing masks started to shoot the car. And they're shooting and shooting. And so... What happened was that one of them pulled next to my uh, driver's side, the window. And you were the only one in the, the car? I was the only one in the car. I was oh, just driving home. And so they pulled a gun and just, I, I can still see the barrel. I can, I, I think I can see the bullet still. And I, in that instant, I thought, that's just it. Someone's going to have to tell my wife that uh, she has to come for me, pick me up or something. I don't know what they're going to do to me. So what happened was that he pulled, pulled the gun out. Put it right next to my my um, my head, and then I put my head down, steer really hard to the right, right, hit one of them, the the one that was riding on the right side of the vehicle, hit hit it, and then I just on that turn, I got to the to a National Guard post that was there, right. I got there, put my head down, just started screaming for help, and and just hitting the horn of the car. And so when they realized that the National Guard post was right there, they just kept going. They drove by, but they made this, this um, they pointed at me with their finger, with their index finger, like signaling, we're going to get you, don't worry, we'll get you. Yeah. Got to the National Guard post there, I, I asked for help, and they said, this is none of our business, you need to go to the police, get out of our, get out of here, right? So I asked for help, okay, let, let me just calm down, my car doesn't work anymore, I need to get my wife to, to pick me up. Did they shoot? Did they actually shoot? Yeah. Fire shots into your car? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they did. And so I, I couldn't get anyone to, to pick me up. I decided, okay, let, let's drive. And then they, um, I'm guessing they were waiting for me or whatever, but they eventually kidnapped me on my way back home. Um, and they held me and other people hostage, hostage for about a week. Um, and during that time, we, so they, because I remember you, you shared, so basically they, they, they got you, they put a bag over your head. Yes. Is that what they did? Yes. Yeah. So they, they, 
they stopped the car at gunpoint, and then they took me out for a force, put a back or something black uh, to cover my, my face, my head, and they just drove away. So they in had, that van, there were people. I could hear them crying. That were also kidnapped. They were also kidnapped there. Uh, so we were kidnapped. We were hell for, for So a, they had a, a van full of seven or so of you? Yeah. So uh, now I know that we had 12 people uh, that were kidnapped uh, that day and that were held for an entire week, and only two of us survived. So what? So what happened? So they took you somewhere, and then what happened? So during that week, all they did was torture us. Um, we didn't have any food, just water, barely. Um, loud noises, loud music, lights twenty four seven on, um, hitting us all the time, uh, punching us in the face, punching. Were us they in trying the to get information from you? Some or of us, just... yeah, because they they really thought that we had information, and, and and you could hear people crying, saying, and we said. We don't have any information. We don't know anything. We, we just pay bills. That's all we do. We don't do, we don't do much. We don't do anything with intelligence or anything like that. But they didn't believe us, obviously, and so they wanted to, to hurt us. Uh, eventually, we were, they, they had to come up with a decision. It's been a week. What do we do? So we could hear them arguing over letting us go or killing us. or What are we going to do? Eventually, they put us in a van, drove us away at night, and then they took it. And they, you had no idea where you were going. No, they didn't tell all. you. Hey, not at all. We were, we're all covered. Our faces were covered. Uh, we had rope. Uh, tie, our wrists were, were tied with rope. Very tight. And they just, when we got to the place, they kicked us out of the van. And then they started mocking us and shooting on the side of us. So what, what Playing mean, with us. Shoot, playing, shooting? Yeah. Shooting or yeah. playing? What do you mean? No, no. That? So they were, play, they were playing by shooting at us. Like to the side of us, okay. in front of us, funny. not to, not at us. So are you, are you guys, right? all, you guys just, all standing, or what? Do you, what do no, you guys... we were on the ground. We were just on the ground, just rolling. Some of us were. I, I, I remember that was just like, how do you say that? Like a fetal position, kinda. Uh, just trying to make myself as small as possible. But then they said, "All right, we." They said, "Es tiempo. It's time. Let's do it." And so they started just actually shooting at our, our bodies. Okay, before it was just at the ground and, and people were screaming and they were getting a kick out of it. So, shot me in the chest once at here on the, the right uh, side where my lung is and then in the back, left us there to, to die. And the rest of the story is that I, I know that I was found in the hospital, woke up in the hospital and later on I found out that it was just me and another person that survived uh, out of 12. Um, and this was not uncommon. This is execution style of opponents. And, and nothing was done. Nothing was ever done at all. It, they, it was just chalked to conspiracy theories, right? This happened to people. And so what happened was that I said, okay, after, after I recover, went back to the embassy, went back to my, my job, and they say, you, you really need to get out of here. You, you, there's nothing. We're actually thinking about closing the embassy in Caracas. You, you need to get out of here. So what they said was, we'll give you a tourist visa, and you'll make it there and ask for political asylum. Uh, we cannot guarantee they're going to give it to you. You have to figure it out. I mean, there's nothing we can do about that because the law doesn't allow us to do that. So I said, okay, I'll take it. We got the, the visa and came here with two suitcases, $500, and it's just my wife and I, with the hope that the immigration laws were going to work. Eventually, we were denied asylum. We went through the process. 
and the asylum seek the the asylum officer that reviewed our case was an Iraqi national. I'm never gonna forget this guy. And he said with his thick accent, "I don't believe your story." Even with like I I showed him my scars, doctor's note, everything. And I don't believe your story. Deny, reject it. We had to ask at the time. Asylum seekers had to ask immigration to be put under deportation process. Think about that. We had to ask the American government to put us in deportation process so that we could then go to the immigration judge and plead our case one more time. Now, if you think about that, who in the right mind is going to say, I don't want to put myself in deportation? Well, that's crazy. I'd rather go somewhere else yep. that's what millions of people have done like no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna take the risk i'm gonna roll the dice and move to another state a liberal state for example right mm-hmm. like california or something like that that's how broken the immigration system is because it still is like that yeah so my wife and i said well if this doesn't work we'll just go somewhere else but let's ask for it to be put in the deportation process we got the official letter saying you have six months to get out of the country uh, in, in, in during that time, you can ask the judge to review your case. And if they approve it or reject it, then that's up, up to the immigration judge. And that's the whole reason why you did it. You wanted to see another I wanted judge. A, I wanted another term because we felt that our story, our, we weren't given the appropriate review yeah. of our case. So you said, I know, give me so in front of another judge. I know that is correct. Is that is yeah. correct. And so we rolled the dice. We eventually got in front of the judge. The judge uh, went over the entire case. There was a representative for, for immigration as well there that it's actually doing the counterpart of the process. Like, no, we want these people to be to remain as rejected and get out of the country, kicked out of the country. That's fine. Hey, that's, that's the system. That's how it is. My job was to plead my case. And so I did. We showed everything to the judge. And the judge, I will never forget, this is like the first words my daughter said, but my, the judge said, I am sorry but you guys were not approved on the first try. If there was ever one case that had all the evidence, was this. Of course. And then he said, approved, I don't have, do you, and he asked the immigration person, do you have any objections? Like, I'm sorry, he said, I'm sorry, welcome to the United States, we need people like you here. Yeah. David, I'm going to tell you something. Let me ask you something. Do you feel like God preserved your life so that you could come here to America, do you feel like you have? A, do you think God has a purpose for you I, in I saving do. your life? And, and what do you think that is? I think I think that that is not a coincidence. If you think about all the people that go through horrible things in their lives in their countries and don't survive, and then the very few like me that do survive, we have to do something about that. We can't just stay here or come to the, the United States. In, the, in my case, and be like, "Well, I just want to live my life, and that's it." No, I have to be vocal about it. That's what I feel about. Um, and I feel like I need to be to be as vocal about it, as open about the socialism that's being imposed here in the United States. And and let me tell you, I strongly believe that if the United States falls, there is no other way. There's no other country in the world that you can go to. Freedom will fall everywhere else. Yeah. If America falls, no. the whole world that will is, go I, into a I darkness and tyranny that this world has never seen. Indeed. However, I do feel, though, that the apathy that we are living under, that this generation, multiple generations, are so enamored with, is driving us the wrong way. What do you, what, 
and, 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 and you know, if when you speak to our listeners, <clears throat> our, our, our people who are watching, people who are watching this show uh, today and, and over the coming you know, months as this thing will, will be there, what message do you have for them? What, what, uh, <clears throat> you know, what message do you bring from Venezuela, from everything you've been through? What would you want them to know? What would you want them to understand? I would like them to know the United States is the greatest country in the world because it was founded on the right principles. No other country was founded, founded on the right principles of God, family, and country. There is the uniqueness of the United States of America is that people can do, can, can choose to do right. And they are, I believe, empowered to do with their lives what they will, right? Meaning for the greater good, for the good of the United States. Not for the good of the world, not for the good of John Kerry's uh, global warming, climate, climate change thing. No, 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 no. The, for the greater good of the United States. Because if the United States is in a solid position, the rest of the world will feel that influence. They'll feel it. They'll get that impact. But unfortunately, we are being, just like in Brazil, we are being forced to say, no more we the people, no more we the United States. It's now... Citizens, citizens of the world, one world united, one community, the United States and no country for that matter can survive that, that mentality. You cannot survive that. We need to be the uh, land of the free and the home of the brave for as long as history permits it and for as long as we can fight for it. Venezuela didn't fall overnight. It, it followed a pattern. Certain things happened. Um, yeah, I guess it's 15, 20 years ago, Venezuela was an oil rich country. They were independent. They were wealthy. Uh, people were very secure. They were complacent. What, uh, what did you see as far as that led to the demise of the individual freedom there? And, and what parallels do you see here in yeah, America? Yeah, that was systemic and, and, the, and the systematic. And the approach that was taken was, first of all, we're going to pin one group against, against another. It was the rich against the poor, the poor against the rich. I was the first wedge that was uh, drove into Venezuela. If you see someone with two houses, then you must hate them. You must go after them. If you see someone with three cars, with a, a boat or whatever, then that is your enemy. And so that wedge was the first thing to put in place. Do you it, see that happening here? Absolutely. For oh, years. Man. For years, How we've you had that here? here, here, where if you're not a, dem a Democrat, if you're not a liberal, then you're a conspiracy theorist, you are an extremist. If you don't agree with them, with their policies, if you don't agree blindly with the federal government, no, then you're just a crazy lunatic. We cannot take you seriously, right? We, we see that all the time. And it's not just with politics, it's also with the LGBTQ agenda. And the what transgenderism agenda that they have, if you don't agree with that, then you are against it. You are uh, in, you're not tolerant. Mm. You're being a bigot. Mm. You're being misogynist, whatever you want to, whatever word you want to use. And that is being done intentionally here to separate, to divide the American people. The other thing that was done is trust the government. That's what Venezuela said. You don't have to worry about things. Trust us. It's too much work for the citizens of Venezuela to worry about the political spectrum of, of the country, about the economy. 
Don't worry about that. Live your life. Let the government take care of it. Do you think that's happening here in the United States? For decades, I, w I would argue that since we, since Lyndon Johnson was in, uh, in power, we had that mentality. Even before that, trust the federal government. Trust us. We have the best interests at heart. Yeah, don't trust God anymore. Trust the government. Right? You, you know, what's interesting is on election integrity, that's obviously a huge issue here. And uh, last year, uh, re former Representative Chris, Steve Christiansen and Phil Lyman spoke up to our lieutenant governor and several of our state congressmen and senators about the need to have election reform, to have an audit, concerns, problems they saw. Each rep spoke up and said, there's nothing to see, nothing to see, nothing to see. There's no problems. We're above reproach. And then the lieutenant governor sa said, we don't have a problem with, with election integrity. We have a problem with misinformation. And she said, this, people not trusting, people, people questioning the elections, and not trusting us is dangerous to our democracy. No. She said that twice. This is dangerous for us to question, for us to challenge, for us to not have confidence in our government was a threat to, or a danger to our democracy. So all of a sudden, the people in power became the gatekeepers for democracy, mm. for mm. the republic. What do you mean by that? Right. So. Instead of being the people, we decide, we choose, like in the Constitution, we the people, right? We decide what the outcome would be. We decide what we want to see. We decide what you, the government, is going to do for us. Now, that all of a sudden is the wrong way to think. The right way to think, apparently, now is government knows it all. Government trust is us. trust us yeah. no matter what. If you come to ask for a question, an audit... Yeah, that's all Double we, that's check. All we wanted was an audit. Right? If yeah. we want to come for any of that, no, no, that's just a sign that you're weak and that you are a conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. and you saw this. And this and was Venezuela part was of what thing. happened in Venezuela. Now, the difference was that in Venezuela, the constitution was changed in, 19, in 2001. It was drastically changed. And so that empowered the government even more, right? And just gave them the all the tools they needed to embed themselves even deeper into socialism, right? In the United States, we do have the Constitution that is a very strong document that I, I see the liberals and even some Republicans, some of the rhinos that are in power, like Romney, for example, they just, they treat the Constitution like it's wet toilet paper. Yeah. yeah. And that's... We change it at any time. Right? Yeah, and yeah. we interpret it the way we want it, and, and that's it. And, and no, you got you peasants don't understand the Constitution, yeah. right? Same thing happened in Venezuela. We were told this Constitution is the greatest thing only when government is in control, not mm. when people are in control. In America, we're seeing the same thing. Yeah, we got the Second Amendment, mm. but that's actually, you guys don't understand the Second Amendment. That, that's not right. You have to trust us in government. You don't need guns. Venezuela mm. happened the same thing. Yeah. Venezuela decided, you know what? We're going to drive poverty to zero. You know how they did that? Well, they, they, say, they decided nobody is going to report poverty index anymore. <laughs> huh? Anything they controlled the stats. Everything. Yeah. Oh, sounds really familiar here, what's going on. Everything, here. right? And before any kind of stats were sent over to the UN, for example, they had to go through the filter of the government first. No uh, NGOs, none of that. It's all coming from the government. And so when you choke the people, when you choke consistently the country, 
something's going to happen. Either the people are going to give up or they're going to fight like hell to, to get out of that. When are they going to fight oppression. like hell in Venezuela? What, so that is the thing. Start to riot they, they gave, gonna... they gave the, uh, one of the biggest mistakes that we did, and I'm saying we because I'm part of that country as well. I was born there. One of the biggest things we did was to fall for that trust the government. Mm-hmm. And we gave up all of our rights, including the equivalent to the Second Amendment. Yeah. And so it's very hard when you have millions of people that are starving because they are try they want freedom but they only have sticks and stones 